This is a Colored Pencil Podcast, session number 266. I'm so excited about today's interview podcast with Barbara Dahlstead. Now, I want to tell you that this is uh, nearly like the podcast that never should have been because <laughs> there were so many technical issues that occurred. Um, there was a Skype issue. Uh, there was uh, some uh, internet connectivity type issues. Um, we recorded this, um, I think, towards the late May, and uh, we had to pick two different days because of some of the issues that were going on. So I'm excited to be able to bring it to you today. I hope that you'll forgive some of the audio issues that uh, we've encountered with this. Uh, Barbara is such a wealth of knowledge and a prolific color pencil artist and is just entrenched in the medium and doing so many new and interesting things within the medium of colored pencil. I know that you'll be excited to listen to what she has to share today. So, all right, on with the show. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a colored pencil podcast. Weekly discussions in and around this medium that we love so much. My name is John Middick of SharpenedArtist.com. I am your host, and this is a Colored Pencil Podcast. I am so excited to welcome to the show today, Barbara Dahlstead. Barbara is a colored pencil artist, as you probably would have guessed that. Uh, she's been doing this for some time now. She recently won the CP Award by the Colored Pencil Society of America. So she won the Best in Show uh, award of 2019 for that international exhibition. So congratulations on that, Barbara, and welcome to the show. Thank you very much. And thanks for having me. Awesome. It's so good to have you here. So Barbara, you're primarily a portrait artist, but I noticed you do other colored pencil work as well. So we're going to talk about a little bit uh, of subject matter and uh, some of the divergent styles that I see in your work as well. But before we do that, I do want to go back and I want to talk about your early beginning in colored pencil art, or have you always done colored pencil art? What got you started? Well, I've always used colored pencils, whether it was in college when I was earning my graphic design degree. Um, we used them more like just a quick color study. It was never a permanent form of artwork. So I was familiar with them, but no one ever taught me how to use them. You know, they have classes in watercolor and pastel and oil painting and whatnot, but not right. colored pencil. Like, right. What? It's like, yeah, use, use those over there. <laughs> yeah. Just throw them at you. Right. So, <laughs> um, I have been teaching high school art for 26 years, and uh, I would oftentimes pull out the colored pencils because they were a relatively inexpensive media to have the kids work with. Mm -hmm. And um, but, you know, I started when the Internet was just barely <laughs> out there. And uh, the, the more access that we have to information and other artists. Right, right. You know, it's just mind-blowing. So um, I was looking at artists on the Internet, seeing what are people doing these days in colored pencils so I could inspire my students. And I was blown away. I thought, oh, my goodness, these are colored pencils. They're nothing <laughs> like 
nothing like what I've been doing or what I've seen my my fellow artists doing yeah. around here. And so I was fascinated. <laughs> um, I got to tell you that the artist that really uh, got to me was Esther Roy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Her colors are so, so rich and saturated. I, right. I, I was a fan right away. Right. Um, I, I actually uh, drove over to California because I live in Arizona. It wasn't too far of a drive. And I met her at one of her shows. Oh, that's so cool. That's and exciting. So what, what time frame was that? Um, that was about 2011. Okay. I, I, I had started, um, you know, doing a lot more research on colored pencil. I was yeah. gathering as many books I was looking at tutorials. Um, right. I was really learning how to to do the the different techniques on the different kinds of papers. Sure. Because I think that that's that's the real key is mm -hmm. finding the one that really matches the way that you make your marks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so um, she was so kind. She sat down for about an hour. Oh, at wow. show and she was just telling me all of these tricks of the trade that um that, that she had learned and of course she is the inventor of um the icarus board right are, yeah, she's an open book that? isn't she she's so yeah. wonderful yeah we did interview her on the show here as well so we'll put a link to that in the show notes if you're listening today you can go over to sharpenedartist.com slash podcast and look up this show. We'll have a link to uh, Esther Roy's interview as well. But, you know, let's so let's go back for a second then. What so what materials, what exact colored pencils were you using in college? And then when you were teaching your students, was that the same colored pencil line? Was it Prismacolor no. Premier? Well, no. it was it was Prismacolor Premier when I was in college. OK, Um I, I really loved Prismacolors, but I found that yeah. with my uh, $15 a student budget, there's right. no way that I could provide <laughs> Prismacolors for my, my students at school, at least not, not right away. Yeah. And I found, oh man, you cannot layer when you're using those. Um, oh, what kind of colors what are, you are using? we using? We were using Blick colored pencils. We were using... Um, Gosh, it's been so long. <laughs> so the blick, the blick color pencil. Um, have you have you used those recently? Have, in a while, or I I kind of like those actually. The Do the you? blick the ones that I've tried uh, yeah. more recently. I I, I, just, I can't, I can't find light fast ratings on them though, so I don't use them very often. Um, but oh, so I remember it was praying. Oh yeah, you, okay. you could get a whole big box of colors. Yeah. For not too much money, and you know, I had 150 students. Sure, yes, so, wow, so, yeah. so they they went through the colored pencils, but um, I found that the kind of paper you use is important. Mm -hmm. The brand of pencil, the quality mm -hmm. is important, and I wanted them to be able to experience that success. So I did fundraisers. My husband went on eBay and made bids mm. on on colored pencil sets and I was able to finally supply my advanced students only with Prisma colors and mm. they did some some fantastic work with that. It's really sad that there's not a better um you know budget for art teachers. I I hate that really. Yeah. 
Mm. Okay. So then when you started um, looking at others' work online and you met Esther Roy and you started becoming more aware and you're doing your own research, reading books and following tutorials, what, what pencils did you start to gravitate towards? Well, um, I really wanted to try a lot of different brands. And so uh-huh. I got some ink tints. I got uh, yeah. the Faber-Castell uh, polychromos. Um, you know, because I was, one of the things that Esther said is you should get on Facebook and 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 start meeting some of the colored pencil artists through there. Uh, if you want critiques, you can ask for critiques. And that's a really good way to start growing and learning more about colored pencil. And so that's what I did. I joined CPAL. And, so that uh, was back in the day when CPAL was like the the big one, and or maybe maybe the only one. I, I don't remember. It was there wasn't very right, many, right you know, back in 2011 or around there, around that time frame. Yeah, and that's right. I remember those early days too, where you could ask for you know a quote unquote critique or some feedback or whatever. And it it was quite constructive and it was, uh, there wasn't very many people that were (laughs) giving, uh, some advice out there online because I don't know, it was just so new and novel, I guess. Yeah. Is that that what it was? It seems like it anyway, just going off my memory. (laughs) It was new for me. (laughs) It was new. Well, it was new for me too, but I, I think it was new for a lot of people and just the idea of being, you know, in a group online and sharing in that way. So that's cool. So you tried ink tents, you tried polychromos and what else? Yes. I've, um, I got myself some luminance cause I heard mm-hmm. that those were like the best and mm-hmm. you know, each pencil has its own characteristics. Yeah. And, uh, one of the things that I've found out lately is that, you know, certain pencils, and I'm so glad that I have this large array now, uh, mm-hmm. they work better on different surfaces. Right, right. Give me an so, example of uh, that. Let's let's okay. talk about that a moment. Well, actually, I could um, maybe even talk about the one that's behind me here. Awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. This is this is a current piece that I'm working on, and it's on drafting. Beautiful. Film. Oh, wow. What it, size is that? It's huge. Let me it looks go like grab a mural. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, I'm I'm caught. Just That's there. fine. Oh my goodness. That is so big. Put these that back on. Enormous. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> go big or go home. Yeah. And so. Oh, wow. Here we go. So what pits? Yeah. So I'm really curious about this. Like what pencils are you using to get that much, you know, detail and And I don't know. Coverage. Yeah. I just run out of surface so quick. Yeah. Um, First of all, you have to use the right kind of drafting film. Otherwise it's too slick. What kind is this? The um, graphics uh, double-sided matte. Um, I believe this is the 0.05 mil. Yeah. And, um, the beauty about that is that you can work on the front and the back. Right. But it's the pencil I have used, um, mostly, although I've used a lot, the Pablo 
mm-hmm. the Carandosh yep. Pablo. Right. And uh, there's a new one that I recently tried, and it works super good on it. And that huh. is the Derwent Lightfast. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It really grabs. Ah, uh, uh, interesting. There's also a little bit of luminance on here, but I'm, I've still got lots of layers to go, believe it or not. I'm going to be working the back. Um, in fact, the back is um, going to be this whole background. Mm. It's going to look like it's uh, faded away, like that uh, Boca effect. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and it'll give even more depth. Right. Wow, that's that's fascinating. I love that. I wish I was better, though, at drafting film. I'm still learning on it. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. That is so that is so exciting. Oh, wow. So um, are you using them? Oh, sorry to cut you off. One one quick question about that. Are you using your pencils real sharp on that drafting film or dull or you don't care? Um, I, I let them get pretty dull. Okay. Um, um, also, a trick about using drafting film is to draw on a very smooth surface under your drafting film. I noticed that it picks up every little thing. If you every don't. little thing. Yeah. You know, even if you have like a dog hair. <laughs> and yeah. And then you'll very. You'll start seeing a hair. <laughs> right, right. And then I a very, very light. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's so true, though. And then very, very light touch, I guess, to be able to yeah. start getting that, you know, enough uh, layer. Because you, you fill up that tooth so, so quickly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It it kind of depends on uh, what kind of an area that I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, I, I might not do a light touch right away. It all kind of depends. If I want to build layers, then yes, it is definitely a light touch. Mm-hmm. Oh. Very cool. That's exciting. Okay. So, um, so it sounds like you're, you're kind of like kind of the way I am with it. You're sort of eclectic. I mean, you're, you're thinking about the surface and that depends on what pencils you're going to choose for a particular project. Yeah. Yes. Very cool. And the kind of surface you use also is, okay, what is your image like? Mm-hmm. And um, I found that to be very important um, is to choose the paper or surface that's going to help you get the effect that mm-hmm. you want to get. Um, and I think I developed that idea uh, when I first started doing commissions. <laughs> All right. So, Barbara, let's talk about your uh, work for clients and doing commission pieces. I mean, you, you mentioned that to me that you do commission pieces. Although when I'm looking at your website, I don't really see anything. And maybe I just didn't look hard enough that talks about, um, you know, commissions or I didn't see a commission page or anything like that. Right. I, I do commissions, uh, upon request. Um, it's not something that I really advertise. Um, you know, commissions are work. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> and right right now I'm enjoying the time where art is just fun. <laughs> right, right. Um, but hey, I I got the biggest commission of my life. Um, I, I'd like to share with you, and it was when I I did this calendar. Oh, wow. I had been uh, 
doing commissions for this, uh, what would you call him? Um, a patron, you know, uh-huh. he, he saw that I was a portrait artist and he said, oh, I got all these people that I just feel like they need to have the portrait done. They're so such cool people. And so I started doing um, portraits for him. And he owned this uh, company called um, the Arts and Food Guild. It was a nonprofit. And oh, wow. there were all of these artisans in it that um, made different things like this guy made chocolates, these little works of art that were so oh, delicious neat. and so yeah. beautiful. <laughs> you really didn't want to eat them. But <laughs> uh, yeah, who's going to turn down chocolate, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and so um, he gave me the task of drawing. 12 portraits, once for each month in a six-month period of time. Plus, (laughs) he wanted the big ones, which were 19 by 25 inches. He wanted them matted and framed and hung in his place of business. Oh, wow. So he's using them for both purposes, to hang them and put them in the calendar. Wow. Yes. He wanted to really showcase these stars in his organization that did such wonderful work. And so each one um, is done on a a particular color of paper. And that was the thing that I learned from this project is I had to be in production mode. I need to (laughs) kick out a portrait every two weeks. Yeah. A big one with backgrounds. And um, what I did was I took all of my photographs first. Uh I... uh, I schlepped around my equipment, you know, lights and yeah. tripod and everything, because for me, it's super important to have um, good lighting on a subject mm-hmm. to get three-dimensional mm-hmm. look. Right. And I also figured that choose the paper that's going to help you the most. And um, all of these portraits are done on Stonehenge. I needed them to have a consistency through them that my quality and my technique was throughout each of the 12 portraits that I couldn't have them look like it didn't belong. And so I oh, developed cool. this, uh, this kind of like protocol. Yeah. And um, so this one. Me. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that, that makes a lot of sense because you're keeping the continuity between all the pieces. So this one's done on Stonehenge. Was it just the white Stonehenge? Is that what the. Oh, no, it's um, toned. I prefer working on a toned paper. It helps with the speed of it. Right. Because it it helps you develop those those mid-tones. And it lets all of your um, light colors, you know, show up really strongly. Is it cream or warm or do you remember? um, This happens to be um, craft. Craft, okay. That's the color of like a brown paper sack. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that is so cool. That really helped me with all of her skin tones. It was oh yeah, a color that I saw in there. I just had to tweak it here and there to um, to bring out that glow on her skin. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. But I yeah. learned all kinds of time saving. You had to, right? <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. had to pull out every stop. Solve it. Uh, what else? What else did you do? <laughs> what did you use? Well, with this one, I actually used a black Sharpie. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I did an underpainting to yeah. get um, right through because one of the things I strive for is not to have any paper speckle. So mm. to get that density of color that I 
I still love about Esther Roy's pieces that I right. I carry through all of my my work really is that really saved a lot of time. You know how long it takes to build up a good rich black. Oh, exactly. Right? And exactly. so I did marker on that. There's a little um, I don't know if you can see it. It's a little like a leopard pattern on yeah. the t-shirt. So that. I put all those grays in with a marker. Oh wow! I did the ribbing with colored pencil on top, and then the background is neo colors. Um, I believe beautiful background. Love you that. know, I I just made up the background too. Um, so I took cool. a picture of her in her little uh, closet where she has her her wheel and her oh, wow. pottery shelves, and you know, I just really wanted to emphasize her in the making of her product and that background really does that i mean it illuminates and features the subject matter so well you didn't consider doing a shortcut on the on the shirt would that just destroy the realism of it you think well, you know i'm a stickler for detail <laughs> <laughs> gotta have some detail in here right <laughs> I love it. this this is one of my first ones so i wasn't so too beautiful. too hard on myself yeah. for time um it was so during nice. the summer that i started this project and so i could really devote my days to doing them you know my, my husband was so glad when I was done with the project. He goes, oh, I get my wife back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. The skin tones on this are just oh. incredible. Yeah. If you guys, uh, it, I'm sure this is on your website as well, but I, I'm actually looking at the calendar here on the video. So if you're part of the member circle over a monthly sharpener, you're able to see this. It's just, just beautiful. So that's January, right? So yes, this is 2016. January. So you started in 2015, I'm presuming to yeah. get this calendar ready. So let's go to February. Let's take a look here. What else we got? Oh, that's the one on the cover. That that's is so beautiful. That's this, is, this is the, uh, the chocolate guy. The chocolate guy. So neat. Yes. And I so love that I, background. Again, did you use a neo color in that? I did. It wow. was so fast. I mean, I could mm -hmm. do it um, spreading those around on my Icarus board. On the Icarus board. Okay. I, I, I should mention that because yeah. um, you just uh, scribble. I do all of the scribbling. Just to get it down. Just get it down. You need yeah. a lot down. That's one of the things I found mm. about Icarus boards is that if you don't have enough down, if you're just kind of mamby-pamby about it, yeah. you're not going to get much movement. Mm. The heat really works so well with the neo colors that I felt like I was almost painting with lipstick. It just was smooth and blendable. And, and then what are you using to uh, blend it or move it around? I use a paper blending stump. Okay. Yeah. Just like if you were using it for like charcoal or graphite. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. And then, um, you know, you don't want to go too close. You know, I do my backgrounds last. That's probably not what a lot of people do. But I, I don't want to spend any time on the background, which I don't really enjoy doing mm -hmm. <laughs> until get I that know yeah. that the subject's going to look the right. Subject's yeah. going to work. Oh, I totally agree with that approach, big time. That is that is stunning. What color is that shirt? Did you use a sharpie on that? <laughs> yeah, you did. Well, it was a black shirt, so I I sharpied uh, it and then yeah. I penciled the the highlights over it. 
And I also put black colored pencil on it as well. I wanted to make sure that it all looked consistent. Yeah. But yeah, use those tricks. The green in the background (laughs) against the pink over there on the left side of the face is just, it's beautiful. I mean, that is, that is a, a nice, nice contrast there. I love that. Well, that was kind of the color that I saw in his kitchen mm-hmm. uh, with, with the, the lighting we had. And then I just intensified it. And one of the things that I always look for is like reflected light. Yeah. And what was beautiful on his shadow side was all those warm colors. Yeah. And so, that is so I neat. thought there's reds in there. So a really perfect color to contrast with red is the complementary color. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's green-ish and blue-ish and lighter on this side. So you have contrast and darker on this side again. So you have contrast. Right, right. Ah, So nice. Um, Awesome. One thing I'd like to share about my my protocol Uh is um, being able to develop skin tones quickly. Okay. How do you do that? And consistently. And it's all about using the Grisaille method mm-hmm. of laying down value first and then mm-hmm. color on top of it. But I'm a little it simplifies things Grisaille. too, I think. Yeah, it does. What, what colors? Yeah. Um, what colors do you use? I usually use either black cherry, black raspberry, or black grape, depending on what I see in those shadows in the photograph. So a dark red. Um, primarily or purple or violet or something. It sounds yeah, like, uh, yeah, primarily. Yeah. That's basically what I see. Uh-huh. And um, if I was to paint, I would have grabbed that, you know, magenta mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. squirted it out there on, on my palette. So I really choose colors, like I'm, I'm going to mix them on my paper. Uh, I don't really go for just the exact color right away. And I think right. that's one of the reasons that my my skin tones have a lot of depth. Mm-hmm. So I would really encourage that. I felt bad about it first. Like, why don't I get to it? But no, that's the beauty of it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that search going back and forth. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, getting more color in there than you yeah. expect. Yeah, well, it it uh, looks more like skin when you do that, I I, I believe. So with with this one, uh, well, I guess any of them that you've been that you've done, uh, I'm guessing this one was not on craft paper. What did you did you use solvent or anything in the skin, or did you allow those natural layers to build up? Yeah. I I just did some um, burnishing. I yeah. I feel like. Because of the process of putting down the dark color first and then yeah. lighter colors on top of that, you naturally burnish. Right, right. Working dark to light. Yeah. And it, it just made sense to me that mm-hmm. if a light color burnishes a darker color, mm-hmm. you not build your picture that way. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to switch to this other um, packet that I have right now just, just to show you that this is the method that I taught at the Color Pencil Society of America's um, International Convention in Chicago. Uh-huh. And so this is the, the step-by-step of nice. learning, learning how to take a photograph, right. transfer it on, 
and then gradually build up all of your um, values, taking each feature and working it. Um, and you mentioned that is that that looks very well done. And you mentioned going from dark to light, and that's yeah. that's your process. Yeah, okay, right. That's so, I like that process too myself. Um, you can really see. Oh, see if I can get it up here. This one here. Right, you can right. See those those purplish tones. Oh yeah. And then you put all of the colors on top of that, and it already looks three dimensional. Right. Right. No, that's uh, absolutely. I, I love that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how many artists, um, portrait artists and colored pencil do that. It seems like maybe half and half. I don't know. It seems like more though, uh, use light to dark, but I could be wrong about that, but I, I, I don't, I, think, I like, I like yeah. dark to light too though. That yeah. is, that is fascinating. I'm sure your arm is probably hurting, but I would like <laughs> to see March. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if you're uh, still able to hold that up. <laughs> uh, and if you'd like, Jason, uh, John, I, I can um, I, I can send you these pictures. Oh, yeah. That, that would be, that'd be great. Maybe yeah. just take one or two more that uh, you really like. Wow, that is... These skin tones are fantastic, and I'm just looking through a webcam at them. <laughs> I mean, this is... That is that is beautiful. You can see the sunlight in that, in the, yeah. the reflection there. It's so nice. I'll show you um, one of my other favorites. Um, is a fella, Adam. He, uh, he made his own spices. Oh, wow. And there was something so sculptural about his hand and his arm. Yeah, I can and see the, that. The, the lighting there. Right. Ah, it's beautiful. That is so nice. Now, this is, looks like a similar background to what you did with uh, the Pottery Girl. Yes. Uh, uh, <laughs> and that really neat. I did use the same color paper. Mm, okay. The craft well. again. Yeah. Um, I like craft and I like um, fawn. Yeah. For doing a lot of the um, portraits. Um, I'll show you just one more. And that's a gal that made her own soap. And I used a little bit of a surprising oh, paper wow. on her. Um, I actually used gray Stonehenge. Oh, and okay. The reason I did that is I looked at her hair and I was intimidated. <laughs> oh, <laughs> how, yeah. How am I going to be able to do that with a pencil? But I found um, gray highlights in her hair. And oh, so I thought the paper will be the highlights. All I have to do is the darks. Yeah. And so I'm always trying to find ways to make it easy. Yeah. I find that my pieces that are easy are more successful. Mm, right. Yeah. That's, that is interesting. So, it looks like it helped the background too, just a little bit up there in yeah. the top corner. Yeah. Wow. Well, thanks for sharing. I would love for you to share all of those, but I'm sure you're, your shoulder is thanking me for uh, <laughs> for not doing that. <laughs> that is fascinating, and I'm sure these are over there on your website. So yeah. happy client! I'm sure he uh, uh, loved all of this work, right? Oh, that yeah. is that is so cool. And it was it was really nice that we we had a big party at the end of oh. the thing and invited all of the models over. Oh, neat. to um, celebrate oh, the success. And yeah. 
Yeah, it was it was a great project. I have a few extra calendars, and so when I do workshops, I usually do some kind of a raffle. And even oh, though it's the old calendar, here's yeah. an example a little book of my yeah artwork. So I oh, give those out at workshops. So that that was that was a lot of commissions in a short amount of time. What what has been like um, you know the rhythm for commissions or any kind of uh, client work has that um, been consistent know, or but I, I know you're not looking for it but I I have not done one super lately um I start doing them on like children and families mm-hmm. and then once uh, a child is a certain age then they're like giving me a call again hey we'd like to how do you yeah. do the next child? And so oh, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of working through this one family right now. They have three kids. <laughs> oh, neat. And I've done two commissions, so I'm sure once uh, the little one gets to be about three or four, I'll be getting another call. Oh, how fun. So when you're working on Stonehenge and then you um, switch over to drafting film, I mean, you're talking about an entirely different process. I mean, you're building up all these layers on Stonehenge and you come over to drafting film. What, I mean, some yeah. of the biggest differences I guess is you're not layering as much and you're working on the backside. I'm presuming sometimes, yeah. but does it take you just as long on drafting film or you're is it quicker? I believe this, <laughs> but I, I actually whipped out three drafting film pieces in three weeks. Oh, wow. Um, they, they weren't um, portraits. This is one of them. Ah, that is so beautiful. And this is using Tracy Prine's method. Okay. The so you're smearing. Yeah, so you're smearing around the background with um, that. Uh, what does he use? Terpenoid. Uh, terpenoid. Yeah, and then you're coming back in there and. And using the eraser and taking some of yeah. that out. It's beautiful, though. The, the light on the, the bird is just fascinating. Wow. Yeah, I was in uh, Florida teaching a couple of workshops. And mm. we decided to take advantage of the wetlands and yeah. alligator farm and <laughs> all right, these right. places. These beautiful birds were. And yeah. so, um, yeah, now there's, there's not anything on the back of this one. Everything is on the front. It was just the way mm-hmm. that it came out, and I liked yeah. it. So yeah. I'm just leaving it. Yeah. Um, the next one um, was more detailed. Now how large so, is that one? This is 18 by 24. Wow. Okay. <laughs> We're big. <laughs> What's the one? smallest work you've ever done? I, I should uh, ask that. Gosh, probably nine by 12. Okay. <laughs> and that's hard for me. Uh, this one also uh, took a week, though. You know? That is uh, beautiful. It didn't shine. I can't tell. No, I can see it. No, there's no glare. That That is beautiful. Wow. And so I just find that drafting film can go really, really quickly. Um, mm-hmm. when it's just black and white <laughs> yeah the few yeah. colors like this one behind me um right 
I'm already three weeks into it. This is my fourth week and I probably have another week of work on it. It's, it's pretty intense though. Um, with this one, I, oh. I did it also in a week and you may not be able to see it, but um, all of the blue for the background uh-huh. is done on the back. Oh, wow. And so that went really fast. All I had to do was scribble it on uh-huh. and brush it with the turpinoid. I also take yeah. a tissue and I go through. That's why my second is a little bit different than Tracy's. He likes uh-huh. the brush strokes and I want him to keep his brush strokes. I, I need, you know, to find my own way. Right, right. And so I smooth it all out. Um, Interesting. But so that is the technique that I'm going to use on my flowers. Mm. I'm going to mm. scribble on uh, some light greens and yellow uh-huh. and have that be a very bright, light, uh, muted background. Oh wow! Yeah, and then I don't have to worry about messing up my flower edges. Ah, very interesting. And a cool thing about drafting film is that you can also adhere it to a cradle board. And that's what I did to this one. As you can see, it looks like a gallery wrap canvas. Yeah. And so how did you adhere it to the to the cradle board? I used a double-sided adhesive film. Yeah, okay. So, Same uh, process that Esther Roy uses. Yes. Okay. And Very I cool. haven't varnished this one yet, but I'm planning on varnishing it. What I liked about it is that um, with the drafting film, you can really get that kind of glow. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, because of the light coming through. Um, this board was one of those white clay boards. Mm-hmm. And so the white is really intense and it's so very smooth. It just really gives a very slick presentation. Yeah. So and it's again, a little bit, the clay board's a little bit off white. Uh, really. I mean, it's like a warm kind yeah. of white, right? Yeah. yeah. So did you, did you paint it on the back or anything or just leave it as it is on the board and just use that double-sided draft or um, adhesive? Yeah. I, uh, I just okay. left it as it was because the clay board is such a perfect surface. Yeah. yeah. If I painted it, I'd probably get some stroke marks or something. And then just used a brayer, I guess, to smooth it out. And, yeah, I used a brayer and I used a uh, credit card. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I had my husband's help. I'm so <laughs> glad he's he's willing to get in there with me because when you're working with this big of a piece, it's yeah. very hard. You have to like line right. that film down very slowly and smooth it right. as you go. But yeah, you, um, you got one shot at it. <laughs> yeah, you really do. Um, one more to show you. Uh, I do want to ask you what kind of varnish uh, you uh, you use. I'll be using a a, a UV varnish. Um, I don't want to use a super high gloss. Mm-hmm. And you have to do a shine and a mm-hmm. like a semi gloss. Yeah, or? it'll be more yeah. like a, a satin. Satin, okay. Yeah. Wow, that is beautiful. Um, you know, wow. this is just so glowing. Oh, um, yeah. 
that's the way to capture sun on a subject. Oh yeah. And so I'm really that is stunning on a flower series. Mm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And so, you know, Beautiful. doing it this way again, you um, you save on costs because you don't have to buy a frame. You don't have to buy glass. Or so that's also on a clay board. Um, actually, this one is right. on one of those gessoed boards. Gesso. You know, I'm I'm trying different surfaces. Yeah, yeah. They're like things that I've picked up along the way in my artist <laughs> adventures. Right. And now so, you did uh, varnish that one, right? Is that one varnished? No, no. No, it's not. Okay. Um, I did spray fixative on it. Um, okay. Just a matte final fixative. I, I yeah. love the Prismacolor fixative, but I'm not finding it anymore. I think they've stopped making mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. What have you been using then? Um, Krylon. Krylon, yeah, yeah. The Blue Professional Can Series, is that the one, maybe? Something like that? Uh, it doesn't come in a blue can. No? Okay. That's the other one then. Yeah. <laughs> one that I used to use. Somebody uh, recommended that blue professional series, uh, Krylon. But cool. Very, very, very cool. Um, wow. This this is uh, I don't it's it's funny because it seems like you're you're pretty eclectic with uh surfaces. Uh what about sanded surface and uh pastel mat and any of the non-absorbent surfaces? I, I have tried um, the sanded papers uh-huh. a little bit. Um, I just find that I don't get the smoothness that I'm I'm looking for. Yeah. Although um, I do like pastel matte. Mm-hmm. I use solvents. I use the Icarus board. I I do whatever I need to do, and that's that's probably the best advice that I got during a critique group. Uh-huh. And uh, the lady that was um, running it said, it doesn't matter. You don't have to be a purist. Right. You, you just do whatever you need to do to make the work of art look for you. Yeah. 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 That's, that's great advice, really. I mean, it, it kind of uh, frees you up a little bit just to uh, just express what you want to, to, to express. Um, are you concerned at all about light fastness? I mean, is Absolutely. that something? Yeah. So is our Sharpie markers, are they light fast or is that something that, that you're concerned about? I mean, I don't know. Maybe they are. I'm, I'm not sure. Is it? I, I'm not sure about that. It was a speed issue and that the final product was in a magazine or a publication account yeah. that right. I wasn't as concerned with it. The well, it's an that, underpainting too. Yeah. I mean, you're going on top with I'm going on top of pencils. it with a light fast um, colored pencil. And is I always kind of feel like you're sealing yeah. something in too, even if you use something that might even potentially be fugitive underneath. If you're using light fast materials on top, um, it's at least a better approach than. Yeah then uh, not doing that. And then if you're protecting in some other ways, you're spraying it or you're uh, framing behind UV glass. I mean, there's a lot of things you can, you can also do. I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah, I always cool. tell my clients, don't put it in direct light. Yeah. Yeah. Use common sense about protecting the artwork. Right. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So what, 
I mean, you've you've been given advice. Uh, you've been doing this for a long time. You are the winner of last year's best of show at, from the CPSA's international exhibition. What advice do you have for um, artists that are just starting out in the medium of colored pencil? Well, all I can say is what helped me is just try to absorb as much as you can. Um, read books, do tutorials, um, ask artists questions. And uh, most importantly, don't be afraid of making a mistake. And I used to tell my high school students this all the time, too, because you learn from mistakes and we all right. make mistakes. Right. And so just just keep trying. I, I didn't get here without a lot of mistakes and a heck of a lot of practice. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. yeah, mistakes are good. They, they are they're. You know, they help us. They, uh, uh, they're like um, bumpers. Um, and let us know what does and doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's one of the things that, that I see often is uh, a student is just too afraid to do something uh, on their own, too afraid to try something. And uh, I love that advice. Yeah. Just, just try things and uh, be fearless and Absolutely. know that you will. It's only paper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I heard uh, somebody say one time, you know, that the, and I think this is so true, it's a good thing to keep in the back of, of one's mind is that the only wasted paper is uh, a blank sheet of paper, you know, because yeah. you've, you've got you've to try some things. And at the same time, you know, if you're listening today and you're just starting out in the medium, I think that's great advice what Barbara just suggested do, you know, read things, uh, interact with other artists that are involved in the medium and read books and uh, follow tutorials. But then have a timeline, perhaps, you know, branch out on your own while you're doing these things. Don't just be someone who always is doing tutorials um, because there's so much enjoyment in taking your own reference shots like Barbara has done. And then creating your own original artwork. There's just nothing that can replace that feeling. I love that. So what's what's uh, in store for you? What's the future look like? What are you doing? Well, I'm kind of waiting for this darn virus thing to be over yeah. so I can get <laughs> right. out there and, and you and the rest of the people. people. <laughs> All right. you know, there's nothing like being in the same room with someone. You know, these podcasts mm -hmm. or these um, online things are a good thing to do. Yeah. Till then. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just doing a whole lot of artwork right now. I'm, uh, I'm yeah. preparing for future shows because I know that oh, we good. will open up sometime in uh, December. I have a great opportunity to show 15 pieces in a gallery in downtown Phoenix. So, wow. Congratulations. That's that. exciting. <laughs> that is so cool. We have uh, some of our own local chapter shows coming up. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, we, we are still planning for the future. Right. I have workshops that have been postponed, but I'm still looking forward to teaching people at the different communities um, all about Koi Pencil. Who knows? I might even get brave and do something like this too and just offer some online Class. Oh, you should. You absolutely <laughs> should. Yeah, absolutely.
Uh, yeah, the, the virus is kind of, I mean, it, it's awful. Um, I feel so awful for all the people that are affected physically um, and uh, health-wise and financially. But for many of us as artists, I mean, it's, it's uh, something that has afforded us some time to, I think, be able to get to the easel and keep drawing, you know. I don't know. It's helped in some ways because we don't need an excuse to stay home and be at the easel. Everyone's home. <laughs> You're not doing these family events that are in another town or whatever. Or wherever. Yeah, it's so much safer. I yeah, just feel like is. the bug is going to be around for so long that right. I don't know. It's it's all going to look different. It is. I, yeah. I wonder, yeah, there's going to be changes uh, as we go forward. I find inspiration everywhere. <laughs> like, uh-huh. This this piece has kind of a funny story because I was mm, cleaning up the, the debris in my backyard in the yeah. morning and the sun was hitting this curly uh, frond from my uh, giant bird of paradise plant and it was wow. dead. And it was just so sculptural the way the light was hitting it that I decided I would do it. Um, and I've been wanting to try a drawing on wood. And so mm. I went down to the uh, the hardware store, just to Home Depot, and I bought a piece of plywood. And I didn't have to treat it at all. I just went right to town on it. Um, this is a mixed media piece. Everything that you see on the leaves themselves yeah. is all colored pencil. But the background, it was such a huge area. This is a 24 by 36 piece of wood. Um, and this is supposed to look like stucco, which is a very hard texture to draw. Oh, uh, yeah. But I, I used Neocolor 2 um, wet, so I could do an underpainting really mm. quick. Just scribble down the Neocolor 2, take mm -hmm. a brush and just kind of paint it in and then develop all of the details in it with um colored pencil wow that is fabulous yeah and it's so it's so bright i mean this is just um it, yeah if you if you um blur your eyes a little bit it looks like fire nearly I mean, it's, just, <laughs> it's so beautiful um and i i love all those purples and blues in the shadows too it's just gorgeous so this was your first foray into using wood as a yeah, surface yeah. It was my yeah. first uh, attempt at it, wow. and um, I was so happy with the results that I decided mm -hmm. to end it in um, a contest, the AWA, American Women Artists. There you go. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was, it was their um, national competition. Wow. And so it was on display at Steamboat Springs, Colorado, and I oh, won neat. a prize. And so I felt encouraged. And, yeah. And... Um, that's one of the things I'd like to, to tell your, um, your listeners and your, your uh -huh. viewers is that entering contests is great because it gives you validation. Even if you don't win anything, to be accepted is like a boost. And um, that's what I did with my students in, in high school is I encouraged them to enter all these competitions and when they were successful, I felt successful. We yeah. Just fed off each other, you know. Right. I I've spoken to students even recently that are they're want, they're reticent about about the whole process. They want to enter, and uh, there's a lot of shows going on right now, you know, that they can enter. 
and they're excited about it, but at the same time, they're very, um, there's a lot of angst. Yeah. Yeah. Insecure. (laughs) And, uh, they're just not sure about, you know, whether they're good enough, you know, quote unquote, um, and all these, uh, feelings that come up, you know, that we all have. And, you know, I, I love it. I love that feeling when you do win something or you do get some recognition. But I, I will say that when I started out, when I was when I didn't hear anything or got rejected, it it did sting a little bit. And so I try to help, pre, you know, prepare them for that. What what do you say about that? What do you tell um, prospective, um, you know, young artists that are uh, new to the medium and they're wanting to enter a show? Well, I used to tell my students that I have been rejected, you know, and they're like, mm-hmm. what? I go, yeah, it happens to everyone. Everyone, yeah. Um, entering competitions is like a crapshoot, you know, you just never yeah. know. It is so subjective. Right. But um, I think a lot of shows like to show a lot of different styles. Mm-hmm. That just because you don't draw like so-and-so doesn't mean that that's good or bad. Right. Uh, you need to be your own unique artist. And um, everyone has their own way of mark making. And that's great. That makes you unique. Mm-hmm. Um, but just just keep trying. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's all that we can ever do. And there's enough free exhibition opportunities out there that right. you don't really need to waste money on any of these real big things, you know? Yeah. Just, just yeah. Start small, right? Take <laughs> your toe in the water. See how Stick it, it feels. In the water. <laughs> <laughs> you like and it. you'll develop a thick skin, right? That happens. Absolutely. To me, you know? Uh, oh, I love that. Very, very good. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you uh, talking about that. That, that means a lot, especially when, uh, you know, someone who has won a lot, um, hearing that vantage point uh, from someone who has been rejected, but then uh, you've also won uh, so many awards. So that's that's great to hear. If you're wanting to check out Barbara's website, I would encourage you to go over to. Uh, wow. I will, I will spell her last name for you because it's <laughs> her yeah. last name art.com. So <laughs> D A H L S T E D T A R T.com. And you can go over to the show notes and I'll have a link to her website over there as well. Uh, if you're not familiar with her work, you really have got to check out uh, the artwork that Barbara produces. It's so inspiring and so different um, from probably uh, most artists that you've uh, been exposed to. So as always, thank you so much for listening. Barbara, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Well, thank you. It was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll have to follow up with you and talk to you again really soon. Go over to the show notes again. If you would like to reach out, just email me, podcast at sharpenedartist.com. Remember, this is a weekly show. If you're interested in the video of this podcast, that's over in Member Circle inside the Monthly Sharpener. And there will be a link to that as well in the show notes. And I'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com. Thank you.